Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 282, Runaways, Season 2, Episode 4, Old school. Hello, welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery. I'm here with Samantha. Hello. And we are here to talk about Runaways, Season 2, Episode 4. Uh, how you doing, Samantha? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm uh, actually really excited to talk about this. I really like this episode. Yeah. And I like what this episode does with uh, Molly and with the gang going out and doing stuff as a gang, as a as a family. And we have a new character. Yeah, we do. Topher, who... um. I, we talked about Topher a little bit in the last episode, which you weren't with us to do that. So, um, and the last episode hasn't been released yet as we're recording this. Uh, are you aware of Topher's comic book origins? A little bit because I read about it on Wikipedia. Okay. All right. So, you know, he's a vampire in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Well, here's the thing with the, uh, with him being a vampire. Um, it'd be a great opening for Blade, but... I think if if vampires are going to come to the MCU, it's going to be because uh, it may not be Wesley Snipes, but it's going to be because someone in a trench coat who can walk during the day but still has the fangs uh, is going to be introduced as well. So we'll see. But yeah, Topher, not a vampire. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler policy, in case you're wondering or worried about how we spoil things we are going to spoil old school and we could potentially spoil anything that's happened before old school except for um anything in the punisher and beyond punisher we won't talk about those things so there's there's that i don't think there's anything else really to talk about before we start talking about this episode what do you think no let's go okay let's let's just forego the small talk let's just jump right in i guess huh so this episode is called Old School, and uh, we could talk about where the title comes from, but um, let's let's not start there. Let's start with the team and what they're doing. They have to deal now with a new person stepping into the house, and this is Topher. And so they put him in a cone of silence to discuss wiping his memory, um, which is an interesting discussion, honestly, because that's what their parents did and have done. And they're... Yeah talking seriously about doing this until they kind of realize, wait, that's what our our parents would do. While they're talking about it, though, he gives himself a dose of something that makes his eyes glow like Molly, um, which references back to last episode when Molly used her powers and some people said her eyes glow just like him. This is the him that they were talking about. So they let him stay 
but basically they're they're split on him. Molly totally wants to trust him completely. Alex doesn't care that much. And Gert and Nico are totally not into trusting him. But Molly's feeling connection with him might be related. That's that's what she's wondering. Um, and he tries to get into the good graces of the team by bringing a meal for everyone. And it's not stolen food. He got permission to bring in day-old food. And then he says... And, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is enough. Uh, he says the reason they can trust him is because he doesn't need them. He's got the street street life thing down. They need he doesn't need them, but they need him. Um, so my question is, what's in it for him? Now, you know, you've you've watched um, more episodes past this one. I haven't. Um, but the question I'm asking is, OK, so what's in it for him here? Like, does he just need a place to crash the mystery for me is drawing me in. Like, why does he even care about these people? All you need to know, you can learn from X-Files. If someone says, trust me, don't trust them. Trust no one. <laughs> that is that is true. And also, I mean, he's not a vampire here. But if his character is a vampire in the comics, you can kind of guess that he's not very trustworthy. Mm. So we will find out, but I'm really curious. I'm, I'm enjoying this little monkey wrench that's gotten thrown into the works here. Uh, especially since it does, they just brought the team together last episode. They're back together. They're, they're trusting each other enough to want to do things together. <laughs> and then this happens and we've all had friendships like that where you're friends. And then all of a sudden there's another person in the group and suddenly the, the dynamics change and you know, it doesn't even have to be necessarily a negative thing. Just the, the dynamic changing can be a, a, a hard thing to navigate. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So then Carolina has an idea to make some money. So she says she's going to dress up like a Disney princess on Hollywood Boulevard. So she leaves dressed up like a Disney princess. And this is actually there's good money here <laughs> in doing that. That is a good plan, actually, because apparently some people do make a living doing that on Hollywood Boulevard. Have you seen the documentary? No, I haven't. Oh, I do not remember what it's called, but there's a documentary about it focuses in on a guy who dresses up as Superman. And he's he dresses up as Superman, goes on Hollywood Boulevard, goes out like the man Chinese theater and basically gets people come take pictures with him and sometimes give him tips. And that's, that's income. Huh. And, and then they have uh, interviews with other people who are doing the same kind of thing. Um, oh, I wish I could remember the title of it. It's, it's, I think I saw it on Netflix years ago, a few years ago, but it's really, it's super fascinating. But anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's a good idea if it was true. But we're going to talk about what she's actually doing, and it was not that. All right. Uh, Alex has a plan also that they need to stop this earthquake stuff. And so he's going to hack into the dig site's security. But for him to do so, he needs a special chip from a computer at their old school. Old school. That's why uh -huh. it's called old school. <laughs> 
But in order for there to be an old school, there has to be a new school. Or, or if you're just done with it, then it's old school, right? True. Yeah. I hope that when they titled it, they weren't being that obvious or... I mean, there's other meanings for old school. Yeah. But I feel like that's the one. <laughs> uh, so Nico does not trust Topher. But uh, she does decide to maybe talk to him a little bit, get a little closer to him because she wants to find out what he has in this vial that he's carrying around. Um, so they go to the school they would be recognized if they went inside. And so the plan is they're going to send in Topher to steal the chip. And they do. And we're going to stop right there talking about the team because an earthquake happens and we're going to bring all of our plot lines up into the earthquake. I'm glad we've got some plans going on. I'm glad we've got some movement moving forward with Alex and the, the team wanting to go in and, and you know get the chip so they can hack into the dig site security. But Carolina, does she have to lie? Does she have to be like this? Because she's going to go talk to her dad. Of course she lies. She's a teenager. She doesn't know who to trust. But she does know who to trust she's got this whole group of people right Bad there true. and they're all there for her and but they can't give her what she really wants i mean they can give her a place to belong but they can't give her answers for where she comes from yeah and i'm disappointed carolina it's one of those situations where i'm not mad i'm disappointed and if you've ever gotten that speech from your parents, sometimes that's even worse than getting a consequence because your parents are so angry. For them to be disappointed is the consequence. So, Well, you're looking at it as a parent. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed <laughs> in her as a parent, um, but as a friend, too. Like, she's lying to – well, she's lying to basically her girlfriend with, with Nico – so there's there's that lie with that relationship. She's lying to everybody else, um, which so there's that lie as well. But understanding where this is coming from, which is also something you want to try and do when people do something that wrongs you, try to understand their side as well. It doesn't necessarily make it better or doesn't make it good, but at least understanding it can help you to start understanding the person. She needs to figure out who she is, where she's from. Why did she turn into <laughs> translucent rainbow girl? It's it's going to take her time to learn that sometimes you – or not sometimes. You just really can't lie to your significant other because it creates trouble down the road. It doesn't build relationships up. No. But this is the same thing with Alex. You know, he was telling half-truths, telling lies. Um, at least she has a more noble reason, which is to find out why does she glow and fly. But. Yeah. Which, spoilers. What? Are you spoiling something for real, or are you just no, doing... No, I'm just, I'm just thinking... You're just doing I, that I metaphorical warning. Say, <laughs> I, I, I was warning myself that next episode, she gets... Uh, some answers. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, yeah, because that's the thing. 
the story is moving forward. And so that's good. We got movement forward. We want movement forward. We want relationships to not stay static and be the same all the time. Um, we want them to grow. We want them to heal. We want them to um, grow apart, maybe even, you know, just to get the drama. But we want movement forward. And I want answers. You know, we've, we've got lots of questions. It's time for some answers. So let's, let's get some. So Alex has his plan. They're going to do this. I think they're a little, being a little too trusting of Topher. But he's their only way of getting in. Um, he yeah. also he also gets them uh, rides in in the uh, like the Ubers or whatever that meets them in the park. Like this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to do all this. And again, I just ask, what's in it for him? You know what I think about Topher? Tell me, what do you think about Topher? Topher with a capital T that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. You got trouble. <laughs> He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we're gonna have some trouble here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he has trouble written all over him, up and down, left and right, diagonally, every which way. I mean, yeah. And and with this one, I'll, I'll agree with you right away. Now, with the guy from Punisher with the slicked back hair, I I, I wasn't with you necessarily just because he had the slick back hair you know handsome person evil person i i'm not with you there but for for topher yeah i'm i'm with you i am with you but i i will say it's interesting that there's two situations where food is brought in uh to help mend things and bring people together because it's interesting how food is a uniter for people, you know, so many of our traditions and family things revolve around food. And, yeah. And that, that is a great way to bring people to your side is just to, I, I'm providing this meal for you because yes, food is something that we can use to celebrate, but it's also something we need to survive. <laughs> and, and, and so, and something, something like this, it's both. Uh, food, it is like a social, it is a social glue. Whenever I set up a church event, I always need to bring some sort of treat or snack or something. Because otherwise, people typically are not interested in coming. <laughs> so. Yeah, as soon as you say there's pizza, yeah, you pizza, know, you've got the teenagers. Or and refreshments. <laughs> a nice bunt cake. Cookies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's move to the other group that has food, and that is um, the adults. Uh, we start with Jeffrey and Catherine arguing about killing Darius, but it was business. And the mm. rest, the rest of the parents come together, um, and one of them brought scones, <laughs> and so they they eat together, and they aren't getting along though. They blame Jeffrey for letting the kids go. They're angry at Tina for giving Nico the staff, which totally understandable. And they are also developing a serum to kill Jonah. And then they get a lead on the kids at the soup kitchen, their soup kitchen. More food. Yep, that's true. So they go I'm in. Hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got popcorn waiting for me as soon as we are done recording. I made it for the kids and I'm hoping there's going to be some leftovers, but Okay. Um, and it's good stuff. It's it's three tablespoons of popcorn oil, half cup of popcorn over Redenbacher, 
popcorn salt. Oh, it's good. So the pride, they go in and they strong arm one of their volunteers who brings in biking Mike. So this, this volunteer is like, I can't confidential, but I do know someone who knows a lot and I can give you him. And so biking Mike comes in and gets $50 for him to tell them his story from episode one. Meanwhile, Dale and Stacy send a drone down into the hole to get a sample of the alien's flesh. And then there's an earthquake <laughs> because of their meddling. Um, so the parents, what's interesting, there's an interesting dynamic with the parents now, and that is that they are still motivated almost entirely by their kids. Like the kids provide the motivation for them to do all the stuff that they're doing. Still evil, still killing people in the name of their, their kids. But then you have Nico giving Tina the, the staff. Why? Doesn't want to lose her. Doesn't want to lose her daughter. And maybe giving her the staff was what, what she needed just to push her daughter over the edge to stay. Didn't work. But yeah. I don't think any of the parents, no, no, none of the parents in this series want to lose their children. It's just their own other motiva- motivations and other arenas are not healthy. And yeah, they, that's true because there are other motivations in other areas bleed into this. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it goes back to what I think about, you know, any, it's understanding your enemy. You know, and we've talked about this before, like with Ender's game where um, Ender says, you know, to I think it's in one of the sequels, but he says to to know your enemy, to truly know your enemy means you need to love your enemy so you can truly know who they are. And that is really the only way you can defeat your enemy is to truly know them. But it's the, it becomes this kind of paradox where to truly know them, you must love them. Uh, and if you love them, do you want to defeat them? You know, and this the same kind of thing here where there's this motivation that is very positive. The motivation is I want to do good by my kids. I want to give my kids what they need. I want to protect my kids. But while the motivation is very positive, the actions become very negative. I'm going to kill yeah. people. <laughs> and, um, Especially when one of the parents just starts going around killing the guy that was giving the kids money. Yeah. Yeah. But she needed to get him out of the way. And then she also needed to get a scapegoat to protect them from the crime that they were accused of. Yeah. The motivation is understandable. And that's a good villain too. And that's, that's a really important thing in writing is you need to have a villain that has understandable motivations. Um, Otherwise it just comes across as evil for the sake of evil. Um, but you need to understand, okay, so their motivation to do this evil thing is a motivation that you could understand and that, you know, not only you could understand, but given the right circumstances, you can maybe see yourself in that, in that role. Um, and, and I think, I feel like they've done a good job, you know, creating a really bad group of parents. We don't want the parents to find the kids, but the parents aren't just twirling their mustaches. You know, there's there's more to it than that for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they're they're like Thanos. We understand why Thanos is doing the thing. We just don't like the fact that he's doing the thing. Yeah, and like Thanos, they could easily choose 
to channel their energies in a more positive way. Yeah. I mean, but they're not. Yeah. yeah. We got the memes though happening with, with Thanos. Like why didn't he just create more food for the rest of the universe? You know, and why did half the universe have to die for him to be satisfied with this overpopulation problem that he's, that he's thinking through and talking about. And, you know, he could have rewritten the universe in, in many, many different ways. And this is when he, the one he chose. Why did he choose that one? And the best answer is because it fits the story nicely <laughs> and, <laughs> and created some real good drama. So biking Mike, he makes his return. <laughs> uh, I think that's his name. I, it's Mike. I think I'm looking at IMDb. Hold on. I just remember he had the sign because he, he had those bikes. Mike on a bike. Mike on a bike. Oh, it's close. Yeah, very close. <laughs> and these parents, I mean, you got on one hand, hey, I'll, I'll give you $50. You know, how, how much do you want? And on the other hand, they're like, ah, give it to me. Give me, you know, talk to me right now. Um, and then poor Mike could have gotten 100 bucks instead of just 50 <laughs> Yeah, he said 50 and, and I was like, really? You didn't ask for more? The guy's not super smart. No, he's not. And I hope this is the last time we see him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind him having, you know, a recurring background kind of thing. Um, but what was interesting was when they were chasing him and that's when they found the mansion. And so he was ahead of the group uh, when they disappeared behind him. He didn't, he didn't see what happened to them. So... Yeah, that, that was good because the parents don't know about the underground hotel mansion thing. Mm. They don't have the perfect lead, but it does get them a couple steps closer. Yeah, which I'm still curious if that was built by um, the S S Stark Industries. I hope that we get an explanation for this place. Me too. And I hope it's connected to another... Uh, not necessarily the Starks, but another family within the MCU. Just something to connect it. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. I, I do too. I, I mean, any connection is good. <laughs> we, we need something. Give us something that tells us it's all connected other than just a hashtag that yeah. says it's all connected. So meanwhile, Stacy and Dale send that drone down in the hole, get a sample of the alien's flesh and start an earthquake. You know, they aren't streetwise, but they're getting there. They're, they're able to bluff their way in and send the drone down. I like Dale, Dale and Stacy. I had them on Death Watch for a little while last, last season. And I think they're still kind of on Death Watch for me here. But I think they have just too much potential to do things you're going to enjoy watching them do to, <laughs> to get rid of them. And, and they're yeah. great together too. Like they, and they're, they're sort of like an evil version of Fitzsimmons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. That's funny. Yeah. I really do enjoy them. Maybe it's because I'm a nerd and they are sort of the comical relief side of the evil parents. Yeah. At least the parent side for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know who's not comic relief? Who? Jonah. Uh. So Jonah's coughing. 
not doing well, vomiting blood, tries to call Carolina, sets up a time to meet with her with him. Um, she won't accept his money. And then we get an earthquake. So here's what happens as a result of the earthquake. Gert goes inside the school when the other kids aren't looking. All the kids come out of the school because it's earthquake procedure. Gert goes inside the school to get some of her anxiety meds. And the school nurse sees her, talks to her, contacts the parents. Nurse nightmare. This is not good. Um, Alex and Chase do get into the computer lab, and that's good. Uh, And then when they all (laughs) go to leave, um, their parents roll up. And that is not good, but the kids do escape. And somehow, and let me know if I missed something here. Somehow just Topher has the computer. Like they left and I didn't see him having the computer, but then he does. And I don't, I don't know if this is just uh, bad editing or if it's meant to be mysterious. Like, how did you get it? Um, I, I don't know. But then back home, everyone's happy with what he did, except for Nico, who confronts him about his vial because when they were sitting in the car together and she was acting like she was kind of getting to know him and wanting to be friendly with him, if not romantic, which is what he was intending, um, she actually took the vial and now she wants to know, what is this stuff? Where'd you get it? And how'd you learn to use it? I learned it from watching you, Dad. That's <laughs> Children's of the 80s. You will remember <laughs> that commercial vividly. Oh, yeah. It was all over vividly. the place. <laughs> so anyway, she confronts him about this vial, and he does get super strength from, from what's in the vial. She noticed him um, taking it. Uh, and then he actually almost got out of the, the cone of silence because he was so strong. Yeah, I mean, he helped him get the computer, and now there's a little bit more trust there. I'm hoping that the edit was done on purpose for mysterious reasons for us to learn about later, and not a mistake. It just, and maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe I missed, or I wasn't watching closely, or he wasn't out there with them. You know, so maybe he stayed behind, got the computer, and then just strolled out with it. But, and (laughs) I got to be careful how I say this, but people who have not seen Spider-Man into the the Spider-Verse, you won't know what I'm thinking of right now. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil it because there's a really funny gag about a computer in that movie. But Topher definitely followed the advice of Peter Parker. When it comes to stealing computers. You know, I still have my free tickets from going to see Black Panther where it was super dark and I could hardly see anything on the screen. I need to go see Into the Spider-Verse. I just need to go. I need to stop like putting it off and just go. Yeah. At this point, you almost can get it from Redbox or something soon. I don't know anything about the release. Um but you do need to see it. It is good. I, I highly recommend Into the Spider-Verse for anyone who's listening to this podcast for any reason. Unless you're just listening to this because you're like, oh, let's see what are 
you know, let's just see what a podcast is. You know, in that case, maybe you won't like Into the Spider-Verse. But if you're listening because you are in any way interested in any kind of superhero stuff, geek stuff, sci-fi stuff, it is relevant to your interests. Very, very relevant to your interests. It's it's good stuff too. It's just a good a good movie. It, it just it's good. Um. Oh, it's still at my local theater. Hey, if you have I free tickets, I don't know. Yeah, what's stopping you? Um. Lego Movie. That's what that's what I'm going to go see tomorrow. <laughs> Let me know how that goes because that that looks like fun. So Jonah and Cat. I put in my notes, Catherine, but it's Carolina <laughs> are stuck in traffic and he knows something has happened. They need to get to the dick site because of the earthquake and he gets her to come with him. They see that Dale and Stacy caused the earthquake um, and then they stand on the edge of the hole and they step in and they slowly float down rather than, you know, fast falling that would normally happen to a normal person. But if you are a glowing rainbow person, you're going to be able to just step down and it's nice. It's a, it's, it's a good shot, a good moment where, I mean, they go way, way down, um, in, in the, the shots that we get to see, but do we get to see what happens next? Nope. And I have not seen the next episode you have. Um, but I'm really curious. This, what this show is doing its job. It's making me ask questions and like characters and, I think that is probably the most you can ask for from a show. And this is delivering on both of those. Did you notice um, with Jonah and Carolina that Jonah, he sort of had a rainbow effect to him, but he was mostly white, which if you're looking at lights, that's just the totality of all the colors in the spectrum. Um, And with Carolina, she was more of a... mm, unicorn rainbow look (laughs) yeah laugh but really that's what it was so i mean she had more you could see the different colors in the spectrum with her more the different variances where with jonah it's just more of the totality so i think that really speaks to the fact that she's half human maybe the other interesting thing with that was um she illuminated through her clothing and he did not as much uh, so it was, it was his exposed skin that you were seeing and there's obviously light there. Um, and he's wearing a suit, so you know, he's, he has more layers probably, but, um, yeah, I, I think you're right about her being half human. Uh, I, I think that there's definitely something to that, but. Well, we know her mom's human. Well, but do we, is that really her mom? I mean, is, is it because the other, the thing that I wonder about all the time is how does alien DNA really, you know, connect with, with human DNA? Like Spock should not exist because how is it compatible? Yeah. And, and these are things where you should say to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. And not think about how a Vulcan on planet Vulcan from Vulcan should not be able to breed with a human. Isn't there a TNG episode where they go over the fact that really all of these. Yes. 
species. Yeah, there was one where all these uh, humanoid species are connected. There is, and it makes, you know, that's why everyone's humanoid. That's why everyone has two eyes, two ears, a nose, a mouth, two arms, two legs. And there is. But, okay, you're right. Okay. (laughs) You're right. You're right. They did. They did explain that. And if you also want to look at biological connections, sometimes if the species are close enough, you can crossbreed, such as ligers. You can crossbreed tigers and lions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying if you're from two different planets, they shouldn't be close enough. That's <laughs> true. And you can crossbreed horses with donkeys. But not, but not fish with chimpanzees. True. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. you, but you're right. The whole thing about, you know, the the preservers, I think, is who it was. There's the whole thing where they figured out, yes, we all come from this common um, seed that was, you know, helped evolution along on every planet. And yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm excited to see more and see where this goes because... There's some really cool stuff going on here. I'm, I'm I'm just wondering what's going on with the alien stuff. Really, that's the big thing for me, the alien stuff. I want to know more about Caroline uh, and her dad and the alien down at the, the bottom of the pit. And yeah, I'm excited for answers. Well, Ben, stay tuned. I will. But first, Punisher. <laughs> okay. Yep. So that'll be our next episode, by the way, is Punisher episode three. Kandahar, I think is what it is. Good episode. So let's see. I'm looking at my notes here. I do like uh, Topher comparing the rich kid runaways to house cats out in the wild. That's true. That's very true. He makes a good point. I still just wonder what's in it for him, you know, but we'll we'll find out. I'm sure we will. Um, yeah. But in the comics, he does. He appears in a similar way. He comes to the team and gains their trust as a fellow runaway. And then I don't know what's going to happen in the series here, but in the comics, he has a uniquely vampire um, resolution to his his storyline. That's kind of cool. I'm so trying not to spoil this for you. (laughs) (laughs) My last note was old school. Get it? Because it's their old school. We already talked about that. So anything else here about Runaways season two, episode three, no, four uh, old school yeah, episode four. Yeah. Um, uh, we have hit all of my notes. Right. So, yeah, I kind of expected that. I didn't have a lot of notes. It's, it's an interesting episode. It's a good episode. It's there's some good relationship stuff going on. Um, but at the same time, not a whole lot happening. Um, I feel like there's a whole lot of setting up for what's going to happen. Not in a bad way. It's still an enjoyable thing. Um, but it's just a lot more questions than the answers in this episode for me. You know, we talk about these bridge episodes that get us from one point in the story to the next. This is one of them, but it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I really agree. Um, all right. Well, with that said, um, got any final words here, Samantha? Yes. Uh, 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. And a special thank you to our Patreon patrons, Andrew, Jeffrey, Tassel, 084, and Anthony. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, you know what they just announced, Samantha? What? They announced the date for Cloak and Dagger Season 2. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, and we will be covering it. But I do have to say, as a podcaster, I have there's conflicting emotions going on. You know, I, I know we're going to do it, but I just don't know how. And so all I can say is in the 100 yard dash between my anxiety and my idealism, I'm ashamed to say my anxiety is winning. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcome to level seven.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level seven. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. That's a great line. It is a very good line. It's not necessarily true, by the way. Um, I'm not, um, I'm not right now. I'm not feeling a lot of anxiety about, about things. Cause we're just taking it at the pace we can take it at, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Um, I don't really have much to discuss though for post credit. Oh, we were gonna talk about the Orville a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, it's been good this season. Except for the first episode of the season. Not nearly as bad as another space series season two opener. What's interesting is Discovery season two opener was fantastic. And Stuart and I agree that that is possibly the best second season opener for any Star Trek series ever. The Orvilles. <laughs> The, the Discovery, Star Trek Discovery season two opener. Oh, I had Orville's season two opener. No, <laughs> it just wasn't good. It was better than TNG's The Child. Yes. Which was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course, The Child was more Star Trek y and space based, whereas The Orville, you tell him what you said. What did I say? You said the plot could have been on any other TV oh, show. Yeah, the plot could have been any uh, any family drama, any you know, nine hundred two one zero one Tree Hill, um, Dallas. I mean, it could have been any soap opera. Um, just happened to have food dispensers that can create things out of nothing. And on another series, they would have had a cook. There, yeah, there, there definitely would have been a crook as they're they're sneaking into the kitchen to steal the alcohol or whatever, and the cook is the one who finds them or whatever. But yeah. uh, it just it just wasn't great. But then they did find their footing again, start doing some of the episodes where there's 
actually saying something um, and doing something sci-fi. Like, that's all I ask for. Give me some sci-fi. It doesn't have to be action. Give me a, a cool sci-fi concept that's happening on the screen. And so they, they had some of that stuff with astronomical things going on and, you know, in, in some of the other episodes. That's cool. That's all I'm asking for is um, you can give me the interpersonal drama. I don't mind. Although in that first episode, there was the uh, the cloaked shuttle drive by uh, where he's peeking into um, her apartment. Oh, that's uncomfortable. It was <laughs> uncomfortable. It, it was uncomfortable, but it was funny because it was this. Yeah, the sci fi version of doing this um, <laughs> in real life, you know, driving by someone's house or something like that to see what they're up to. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, totally un- unprofessional. Like this is the captain doing this, but on his first mate, who is his ex-wife? Right. Well, and that's that's what makes it uncomfortable interpersonally. <laughs> but yeah. but then you take into account like who he is, his role on the ship, and but he's only human, you know. Yeah. What can I say? So. And there's another episode the second episode of the season that a lot of people didn't like that I'm seeing online. It's primal urges, but it's where they're dealing with pornography addiction. That is a fantastic episode. I really like that one because it's very true to life. If you've ever dealt with anybody in that you're close to who has a pornography addiction, it's very true to life. It does. And I mean, so I've heard people say it doesn't really interrupt your relationships. No, it does. It really does, and it can it it can cause so much harm. Well, I, I yeah, I, I've I've seen families literally torn apart by yeah. by pornography addiction, and and I'm not just saying marriages torn apart. I'm saying families torn mm-hmm. apart. I mean, it, it's I'm not going to get into all that right now. Yeah, I, <laughs> but I will say there is absolutely real danger in the in in that especially when you're getting into the addiction with it and and this this episode takes us nicely i was surprised how um grounded it was and the end resolution is we have to work on our relationship yeah um but, grounded ironically for a space travel show well for a space travel show also grounded ironically because this is supposed to be you know the 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 show that makes the butt jokes, you know, and that makes <laughs> fart jokes and makes uh, um, Patrick Warburton's uh, character, you know, talking about how he eats food and how, you know, I mean, it's, it's goofy too. Um, but anyway, uh, it's a decent season so far. Yeah. Decent season and discovery. Whew, there's some good stuff. Some good stuff. Okay, you got to rem- you got you, you guys really got to get on to me like in a couple of months to <laughs> to get CBS for a month or so. Well, what I want to push you toward would be to find the month where you could binge it and get the free month. Mm, okay. You know, before you sign up for it. Cuz that's Which what I'm in the middle of right, right now. now. <laughs> Which oh. I can't afford it right now. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying, is get the free month and then you because I'm in the middle of a free month right now, um, and I'm going to end up paying for two months. <laughs> this is nobody cares, I guess, about this kind of thing. I can't imagine people being too excited about it. But we talked about it quite a bit last time. Uh, just the strategy behind how can you 
pay as little as possible, but still get the whole thing. And that's what I'm doing right now is I've, I've done the free month and, um, then I'm going to have two months where I'm paying for it and then I'll, I'll cancel. I'll also be canceling my uh, Amazon prime pretty soon here because we, um, we got it before Christmas so we could get Christmas gifts, but then, um, realized corner gas, that Canadian, um, sitcom is on there. And Mm. so I've been watching corner gas with my family and we've binge watched the entire, uh, final three seasons of that show. But I'm also watching Sapphire and steel, on there and I've got a few more episodes of, of that to go. So that's an old British, uh, sci-fi, um, from 1980. And it is absolutely of the same feel of Dr. Who in 1980, but there's some surprisingly sophisticated storytelling going on. It's just really long and drawn out like 1980s Dr. Who where, oh. you know, there are six episodes with a, to tell a story that really could have been told well in two um, but they stretch it out just because that's how many episodes they have to use. And oh, but, 1960s Doctor Who did that. Yeah, I'm just comparing it to 1980s Doctor Who because this is from 1980. Oh, okay. And and it does the same kind of thing where six half hour episodes, but they could have done it in three. Yep. Um, but there's some really interesting dynamics in the same way that with Doctor Who, where he is not human. And so his reactions and his feelings and and his um, uh, morality are not the same as ours. You know, he's an alien. Uh, so are Sapphire and Steel. It's the same kind of thing. They come in, they're investigating. Um, a lot of the stuff that they're doing has to do with time and and ghosts from the past. But it's like kind of a sci-fi um, vision of it. And uh, they interact and react in these less than human ways, you know, as far as how they view life and how they view the passage of time and how they view, um, different things with morality, but they're almost a time police kind of thing. It's, it's really cool though. I really enjoy it. So cool. if you have prime, I recommend it, uh, other, <laughs> except to say, man, you, you, you may not enjoy it because it is so drawn out. But, okay. I'll keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. But it's also short. I haven't short. finished Corner Gas. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so I haven't finished Corner Gas. I'm not familiar with Sapphire and Steel. I'll give it a look. Um, I did this weekend uh, because I, I'm not – this past weekend in the U.S. was Super Bowl weekend. I don't watch it. Um, I didn't watch it at all, but I did finish um, uh, The Man in the High Castle Season 3. Oh, I have not. I haven't even started season three. Oh, it's good. Um, Because a lot of this season deals, or is it season three or season two? I can't remember. It Um, might be season four. It's the latest season. I know there's, Um, well, it's at least season three, because I know that there's a season after the season that I watched, which was season two. Okay. Um, And it deals a, a lot with, um, uh, if you're not familiar with the series, it's set in an alternate universe where 1960s alternate universe where the Allies lost the Second World War. And they can also travel in between their world and a, 
a universe where it's a lot like our world, basically. And um, there are reel to reel or not reel to reel tapes. Uh, there are uh, film reels. Film reels that are going back and forth. Uh, I believe in the book series, it's actually books that are going back and forth. Um, but because it's a, TV, a, a show, a TV show, they have to do something visual. Um, and, you know, how does the time travel work? And they do start hinting at the, at the end of the season how it all works and um, who can travel and, um, you know, the physics behind it. Uh, and it was very exciting. Mm. And there is a conclusion and a cliffhanger and got to wait for the, for the next season. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Well, that's what we've been watching. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Samantha. Talk to you later. And next episode is Punisher season one, episode two, three. That's what I meant. Three. Episode three. Three, four. Three. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Later, Samantha. Bye.